just another sex. Just another day. Just Crank man. Cause listen, I have been like keeping my my trying to at least, and Raphael can attest to this, trying to keep my mouth closed because my my side gig, which some people would consider their full-time job, um, required me to partake in a come to to us meeting and talk about the current situations and events and our thoughts. They knew you were there? Uh, they, they wanted everybody to do this. Oh, yeah, oh, it's different. No. They making everybody do this shit. Oh, oh no. Not Terry Sean. <laughs> Terry Sean. Why, why would you summon us to have this type of conversation in corporate America with the mixed palette of which we work, right? So I was heavily annoyed by the fact that I was at, not not just asked, but required to partake in this conversation. So I watched, you know, I let everybody come on to the Google because it was a video, you know, Google Hangouts meeting. And of course, I immediately made my camera and mic go black. Um, and I wanted to just sit back and listen. And I got a couple messages here and there. It's like, are you going to say something? And I didn't speak on purpose. <laughs> Which I was like... <laughs> You see people comment and say, hell no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, I felt some type of way because in corporate America, I get it. You want to check on your people. You want to have these conversations. You want to know, you let them know, you want to rally behind them and that you got their back. But to me, as a black woman, it was a very hard ask for you to summon me to have a conversation about something that affects not just me today, because for black people, this is not an event. This is not just a part of history. This is a part of our every second of every day of every year lives. So you want us to kumbaya and talk about how we feel about something you're experiencing for the moment that we've experienced for our lives. So no, I did not speak. I stayed silent. And I've had people, including my direct leadership, say, <laughs> are you going to say something? I said, absolutely not. And then, so we later went back to our individual groups and they were like, well, why didn't you say something? I said, for a reason. And then of course the black people were like, what's the reason? I'm like, y'all don't get it. The conversation to me was not for us. Of us. It was to make them feel comfortable at the moment. And yep. I'm not going to continue to give when we have nothing left to give to make you feel comfortable. To ask me, what is it that we can do to make it better? It's not anything I can tell you to make it do better. You know what to do. You want Black people. You spend Black people's time and waste our energy telling you how to make a situ situation better that you already know how to execute. No one needs to tell you what to do. It's an action. It's not a conversation. So don't ask me to come to you and tell you, what is it that we can do to help? And it ended up being all these moments that... I ended up having to write this long paragraph. I'm like, I, I didn't say anything because of this. And then I left it there. And then the chat kind of went silent after that. So imagine if I had verbally said, said it. So I was just like, that's exactly why I speak on the thing. Just to let y'all know. That was it. And then, of course, it went from there. But it was just a lot of moments. I felt like everybody has their truth right now, no matter what your color or race is. But your truth is not relevant at the moment. So that's how I felt. So, um, 
<laughs> they should have known better. They should have known better. That's just my two cents. That's that uh, pitiful, pitiful side gig. Um, so why don't we, uh, while we, while we set up this show, uh, mm. obviously we are, um, in the wake of, uh, a revolution, in my opinion. Um, and I think that, uh, what I love to do is I like to go around the horn and get everybody's two cents on where they're, where they're at right now and where they see themselves being, um, in the future. Where are you right now? Where, where, where are you right now with your mentals? And where do you see yourself being? Are you, are you asking specifically about, you know, the, the, the stuff that's going on today or just like where you just see yourself in the future? I'm talking in reference to what's going on today and where you see yourself in the future with what's going on today. Ninety-two. What is, what is your hair doing under that hood? Oh, hold on. Pause for the cause. Protesting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Having a full riot over here. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. Struggling. Let me see. I think I like it. Look. Let me, look, look. <laughs> Let me look. Black lives matter, bro. They absolutely hey. do. I see First you, bird. First off, shout out to the Falcons quarterback for not being a fool on national TV. We definitely gonna have to get to that. I can't wait. I, I started to call you about that. Matty Ice would season. never. You know he would now. He yeah. would now. <laughs> so, young Shudi, where you at right now, man? With your feelings and emotions, and where do you see yourself being in the future? Um, I think I think it's a for me it's a reality check, right? Because my grandma grew up in well, my grandma grew up. My grandma's from Mississippi, right? So I would go over there over the summertime, and you know, you got to pass the cotton fields and stuff like that. It was just, a, it was a different reality than being in Atlanta. But the reality of it is, is like people still look at us like this is 1947, right? So you know, it's just a reality check of like we're so successful, and we're so great, and we we do all this amazing stuff, and yet still people are crazy and ignorant and, and just stupid. Um, so right now, as just a young black man, I think my, my anxiety is higher than it's ever been. You know what I'm saying? Just knowing that, you know, my pops, he, he, he was in the, um, Air Force, right? So he's, he's a big advocate. He don't really mess with the Russians. But for me, I've been like, look, the Russians ain't never did to me, nothing to me. It's the white people, right? It's, it's, it's the police that's killing everybody that I'm scared of. And then, you know, I part-time. Uh, practices that we do that we, we run into a lot of privileged people right <laughs> um, so clean that up good yeah <laughs> so for me it's, it's just a reality check of you know never forget who you are in society never forget who you are who they think you are and who you know you are right mm. never forget that carry yourself a certain way you know be mindful of the ignorance that's around you right because they want to show you know it's crazy to be, <laughs> it's crazy to me that people, you know, I wasn't there for like the riots in California back in the day, but you didn't really see many cameramen in the middle of the riots back then. Now, oh, you did it. Now they like you got cameramen in the middle of the riots. Oh gosh, this is just this is pandemonium, <laughs> nigga. But you in the middle of it, like having a full conversation. Like, this is my favorite. I right. right. You know what I'm saying? It just, it just shows you that, like, 
you know, I, I'm I'm in this, you know, I know I'm 28. I'm in this 28, like, just rebellious, like, <laughs> revolt against the system right now. Like, we gonna be all right type shit. Wakanda forever type shit. So, it, it's sad, but, I mean, it's the reality of it. I think it's super funny that even though they're supposed to be, quote, unquote, reporting the news, you can still tell their motives and their intents behind the conversation. Because they only had black reporters in the midst of all the protesting and the mm-hmm. riot, and then they kept asking the same question: "Ask them why won't they go home, like, lady? You trying to get them with their hands put on? They had them in the middle of being tear gas. They put them in pregnant women getting tear gas. Pregnant women getting tear gas. A couple of them getting trampled and having to get back up like nothing happened. So and like just the conversations coming over the mic that they wanted them to ask, it was kind of like." Then you have the rioting and looting. Um, a lot of people ask that question. How do you feel about, don't ask me those type of questions. Let's, add, let's focus on the bigger, bigger parts of the, the conversation. Then we can get to those pieces at the end. But if you're going to continue to paint the narrative the way you want to, then we've got to redirect our energy somewhere else. So it is always been what it is. Love, joy. We need love. um so yeah I've been I've been pretty quiet just you know um watching a little bit here and there but I have found that I've had to unplug um and decompress a lot because as a you know as a therapist you know I have to be um, I have to be empty so that I can pour into other people. And there were a couple nights last week that I was up till like five o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go to sleep because I was just constantly thinking about everything that was, um, you know, everything that was happening on TV. And I, I think that for this to be happening also in the midst of the pandemic, it's just like, this is, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's surreal. Um, you know, I feel it as the mother of a little black boy, you know, I worry about him. Um, we have this thing when he leaves, you know, whenever he leaves, I'm like, so what is my goal for you today? And he says, um, to come back home to you alive. And I think that that is, um, you know, that's, that's obviously, you know, that's, that's a very difficult conversation to have with him. Um, Love, Joy, do you have the same conversation with your daughter? I mean, I know that black males are under attack, but I think it can easily be, the argument can easily be made that so are black females. I mean, Brianna is part of the, the narrative right now just as much as Jordan um, Ahmad. Yeah, I do not have that conversation with my daughters because I, I and although that, that is, it's very possible, I don't think it is as probable. So I don't, I don't say the same thing to my daughters. I don't feel the same fear um, for them as I do for him. Mm. Mm-hmm. There it is. Um, Terry Sean, if you, uh, what's, what's your take on the difference between being a black female and a black male in the, in the protest? 
I think they only fear the black female as much as the black male if she's paired with the black male or depending on the conversation she's having. If they they don't they don't feel as threatened by us because they feel like they can overpower us. A part a big part of the narrative of them hunting and being a fearful quote unquote because I don't think it's fear, I think it's pure hate hunting black men is because they have some type of fear of them overpowering them when they see them because of their stature because of their makeup because of their athletic abilities because of their strength they feel as though if i get to a point where it's me against them they can somehow overpower me or do me harm so they feel as they do with women it's a woman i could do if whether she's black or not i can overpower her but if her words if her voice if her stature speaks to a certain way then they feel threatened by her but if you see a black man and a black woman if you notice they normally don't charge the black woman in some cases unless she's with the black man if she's by yeah. herself they'll say certain things push them to the mm -hmm. ground handcuff them they don't feel life-threatened unless she's with the black man because she immediately tries to protect the black man so then it's kind of like oh if she's trying to protect him then he's going to turn around and try to protect her then the threat the threat grows so i think that um we see it here and there i think a lot of times that we can and i want to say this statement very clearly because regardless of what someone does whether it's the crime that doesn't mean their life is their life should be taken i don't care what they did so if someone steals, whether you think they counterfeit, whether you think they're a criminal, whatever, that doesn't mean immediately take their life. There are some, certain instances where there are injustices. I feel like women put themselves, I've seen a couple of videos, and this is not all cases, that they put themselves in further harm by trying to record the person and following them after they've done something. If someone says something or do something to you, you have a right to record, you have a right to say something. Don't then antagonize and make the situation worse by following them to their car. What'd you say? And I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. Then you're then when that video comes out, as far as it's serving you justice, they're going to only see you following that man or that person and make inciting the, the situation, making it worse. Not to say you don't have a right to speak up for yourself. I just think that when we go in, into these moments of trying to stand up for ourselves, stand our ground, speak up and not be silenced, there are, are certain ways we should go about it. And we have to be smart and strategic about our moves and I think that we have a lack of leadership to enlighten people on what we should do in each situation because people are just going to act. Right now we are seeing people respond to trauma, to pain, to emotional instability. And I feel like the only reason why this situation, not that I'm not glad that it came to a halt this way is because everybody was already at home and they were all forced to see it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because of the pandemic, everybody saw it at the same time. There are so many of these situations that have happened before, but people see them months later, half of the year later, but because everyone was forced, the world was stopped at one time and we all saw it at once, then everybody reacted at once. So I can't necessarily say that people can't react the way they want to, because that's what people get to the looting and the rioting. That's their response to their trauma and their pain. But I think if we have more leadership and direction on how to deal with that trauma, then we can be more strategic in the way we move. So Terry, you know, you, you bring up so many points and it, it generates questions I want to ask. Um, you know, one of the questions I want to ask everybody is, where do you feel like we are um, as far as the leadership or speak to the vacuum of leadership right now? Um, I would say in the black community overall. My other question I would be, curious to hear your response to is what was different about George Floyd's death being videoed 
and Ahmaud Aubrey. And why did George, George's murder spark so much more than Ahmaud Aubrey's death spark? Hmm. I would probably start with the second question. Um, I think the reason why George Floyd's video hit people the way they did for work for a number of reasons. One, even though Ahmaud Aubrey did absolutely nothing and he was hunted down, you saw the car in the middle of the street, them waiting for him and someone following him just to be ready to record the situation. There were so many pieces that you were not privy to, like seeing mm. a full picture from the front. But when it came to George Floyd, you saw the pleasure that this man had as he grinded his knee into this man's neck was one. Two, you saw that there were white people there recording it and speaking up and saying that this is an injustice. You saw his lifeless body thrown up on the, um, up on the MT's uh, bed when they got there. You could see he was lifeless and you could tell his neck had been broken even though they haven't reported that. I can guarantee you that's what that was because you saw his head go back with no kind of leverage. And then three, when he called for his mom. I think in a community, regardless of how you feel, when you hear someone calling out for their mom, there's a certain piercing that goes to you that is like, man, he is in pain to be grown at that weight. And then you later find out that his mother is no longer living. So it's kind of like those things combined hit you like, regardless of what you're saying, and then you have all these people doing these, these demonstrations of kneeling on someone's back instead of their actual neck, like they keep doing, like it's a joke. I think putting those things together and that clear, and you saw how long he did it. But to me, the, the selling point was that man's face. He looked at the camera and continued to grind his knee and his neck, looked like, yeah, I'm doing it. He did not get up, even though there was no reason for him to stay there. And he had sure pleasure of, I know I'm going to get away with this. That's the look you saw the entire time. Love you. What's the different feelings that you had between Ahmad and George? Um, I or think... Were they different at all? Were they the same feeling? I mean, I think it was just still such, I think for both of them, the feeling was an overwhelming sense of fear and just being tired and also of helplessness. Um, I, I watched a video today on um, systemic racism and um, it was saying that, you know, the hardest thing. Okay, so let me, let me say, give my little caveat on this situations like this for me are very difficult because I feel powerless in a sense. Um, and I, I, because I'm a fixer, a teacher, a mom, a therapist, I help people fix things. I teach people how to do things. It is very difficult for me to be presented a problem that I cannot fix. And I feel like in this sense, I cannot fix it per se. I can I do the things that I've always done all my life. I can say that as a teacher, I have taught students to love each other and be kind to each other and not to dislike someone for the, from the color of their skin and things like that. But overall, I can't fix this problem. Um, so that's a hurting feeling. But I was watching a video today on systemic racism, and it was saying how difficult it is to address this issue because it's not one individual person. It's not one individual business it's not it's the whole system it's, yeah. it's the whole yeah it's the whole system and then you start asking questions like okay well who is the system you know it's, it's kind of like that whole thing well the government well who is the government you know we start talking about well the man okay well who is the man 
And because it's not this one particular entity, it is so difficult to then pinpoint where do we start to make a profound effect and um, an impact. And so it's just, to me, it's, it's exhausting and it goes against everything um, that I believe in. Yeah, I know it's hard for you to fix it. Young COD, you mentioned earlier about, you know, this is not 1947. And I think that your words could not be more true because I feel like a lot of the problems, a lot of the problems in our country right now is because we're so archaic. I feel like the police system is still operating like it's 1947. I feel like our educational system is operating like it's 47, our political system. I feel like we are so behind the times. And, you know, to kind of use an analogy, I feel like we have not, like take the smartphone. I feel like we still operating like we got StarTech clan phones um, in a society where, you know, we should really be on the iPhone. Got the key up there. Dude. So, young CLD, I just want to kind of open up the damn door and let you slam through it. And I want to hear your thoughts on, I want to hear your thoughts on who do you feel like, I want to hear your thoughts on from a sports and entertainment standpoint, do you see entertainers or sports figures differently who speak out as opposed to those who don't and the ones who who do um how do you see them differently you know we're just gonna put it out there you know we had that piece of quarterback from new orleans who kind of came out and put his foot in his mouth and they tried to take it out and then you have other people um kind of like the Jordan versus LeBron argument, you know, where Jordan, when he was in his heyday, tried to stay out of it, and LeBron has always been in it. And now you fast forward, and Jordan seems like he's all, he's, he's down being in it. What, what's your thoughts on that? I just want to let y'all know that I'm feeling very Terry shyness today. So, look, <laughs> all right. Let's take I mean, you don't give up. About. <laughs> you know, we're we gonna take it back to what we was talking about before when you asked, you know, what what was it about Ahmad and then this one that 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 changed everything? First yeah. off, like Terry said, we are at the house, but there, it's all a collection of things because you gotta think about it. You know, being being that we understand the media, from, from my perspective, from the time we've been quarantined, stuff like this has been pushed in our face, right? So we had the mod thing. We had the lady, like, calling the police saying, hey, I'm going to tell them that a black person is threatening me. And then yeah. we see an eight-minute video of this man getting a knee on his neck, and we see him die. Like, we watch this man die. So for me, it all cultivated, right? We, we just all, like, the first one, honestly, to me, was like, dang, another brother died. Let me get my life together. Like, I got a hood on now in this little video, but I would never have it on if I was outside, right? So then the next thing happens and then the next thing happens and it's like, okay, you know what? Niggas, niggas, people, I ain't gonna say niggas, people are so upset that we like forget the pandemic. We going outside, right? So now we go to the celebrities and the sports figures. Why is it that in the black community, we hold these celebrities and entertainers to such a high regard? Like, I love your song, and I love the fact that you can shoot a three-pointer, but at the end of the day, you should not, you, now, now, don't get me wrong when I say celebrities and entertainers 
can can cultivate something and are very intelligent. But I feel like we the only community that put the the judge, the politician, the the preacher, the pastor. We put all of that on the celebrity. Like you a celebrity, you need to be perfect across the board. Beyonce don't say nothing out of line. We love you. You we we follow everything you say, right? But in other in other religions, they have their politicians, right? They have their entertainers. They have their preachers. We expect you to be everything. So look, when it comes to the entertainers, right? I understand, right? It's it's a political game. I'm not mad at the entertainers that don't say nothing. Because at the end of the day, you got to get your paycheck. You got to get your money. I understand, right? Also, you got to look. We don't want to hear political advice from every entertainer. <laughs> we would we would like to hear it more from a Kendrick Lamar or a J Cole than we would like to hear it from a Drake. You know, hell, Wale been political in every song he's ever made, but we be like, ah, we don't really want to hear what you're talking. About. <laughs> so, so for me, I think we just hold people to such a high regard, and we need to hold these politicians that are in these places to these same high regards because we we split everything up by Republican and Democrat and. Everybody like, go vote, go do this, go do this, go do this. But just like being a police officer is systematic oppression. Being in politics is systematic, right? It's, yeah. it's bigger than we voted. The House is full of Democrats, so they're going to vote this way. It's bigger than that because clearly people was having conversations about the pandemic before the pandemic even happened. But mm-hmm. we want T.I. To, t- to tell us when we're supposed to go out here and, <laughs> and, 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 and respect to Kevin Mike because he had a great speech. But we look up to them more than we look up to the politicians. You know how funny that was that they kept saying, T.I. wants you guys to go home. Man, shut up, okay? <laughs> T.I. don't know what to do. What you saying? What you know, you they call T.I. because they know we love T.I. T.I. wants you guys to go home, ma'am. You well, I what? think that, you know, AP, you you, def, you, you, uh, you hit a lot of, you hit on a lot of points. And I think that in the Black community, we really... Uh, revere our entertainers and our athletes because, you know, to a certain extent, that's the, the top of the mountain, you know, especially from a financial standpoint. And maybe that's an indictment on how we see ourselves and how we see the top of the mountain because that's not the only, you know, measure of success or signal of success to be an entertainer or an athlete. And most of us, the majority of us are never going to be an entertainer or athlete. Um, Terry, Sean, what's your take on the representation from the Black Keisha Mayor that, that Atlanta has. If you were to I, give her a report card, Auntie Kiki, Auntie Kiki, listen. How you feel like Auntie Kiki is doing? Auntie Kiki, I, I, and I made this in post. I actually feel that that part of her legacy will be staying without the riots and the the looting. And the only reason why I say that, because somebody said, what's her legacy? And I, because I wrote that on, on my Facebook page, I was like, I'm sorry that your legacy will be tainted with this. And this dude thought he was being smart. He was like, what's her legacy? I said, that's exactly my point. At this point, no matter what good she did or what her intents were, they will say, because she told her officers to show restraint, to not show violence or force, that she's the reason why these things happen. She is the reason, because, so they're going to try to skew her leadership in that way. But I think she does a good job. Nobody's perfect. 
I think she does a good job of being a balance between a politician, a mom, and an aunt. And you need those things at different times. You need a mother at some point. You need a politician to speak up to tell you facts and truths. And then you need your aunt that knows, look, I know your mama said this is the way she used to do it, but this is how we do it. And she kind of mixed all those things together to kind of to, to guide people in a way. She didn't tell them not to protest. She was saying that if you're doing things that are breaking the law, that I cannot protect you. And I think when she made that statement that showed her true intents for this for this, um, for the city of Atlanta. Like, I'm all for you protesting. I'm all for your voices being heard. I think that we forget that politicians only have so much power that they can do within themselves. And to uh, young COD's point, we look to these people to be our end all be all when that of course should be God, but then we have to speak of the conversation of people not being properly educated on that part or not having the same beliefs. And then we have to remember that a lot of people don't have leadership or mentors in their homes. So they're looking outside of those that that space for someone to lead and guide them so that's why they pull on um entertainers or celebrities or athletes to try to guide the community because they know there is a lack thereof so that's an ongoing thing everybody knows that there's a lack of leadership in the black community so they try to pull on whoever they think has the biggest following the biggest ears to kind of tell people what to do i don't think that if i was her even though seeing the outcome i would not have changed what she said I'm glad that she said she didn't Me want either. to. Me either. I wouldn't have changed it either. I wouldn't have changed it. I'm glad she didn't want them to use force. I'm glad that she told them that it was okay to protest. I'm glad that she did not back up and say, oh, I want to be here again, so let me go. Let me say what I need to say to, to solidify being your mayor again versus her saying, listen, this is what it is. This is what we're going by, and this is what I stand by. Even to the point of her um, and those two officers being fired for tasing. And it's, it's hard to see these videos because you're seeing people that know that your community is speaking up for something that needs to be said, yet you're still acting out in violence against them yourself. So there's a bigger conversation that needs to happen with our cops, our black cops as well. And so just, Terry, Terry Sean, I have another question hold for on, you. Hold on, can I say one thing before we go to the next yeah, question? Go for it. Uh, I think I think this has something to to be stated. How you know how you know a lot of people say in a workplace, you know, women are so emotional. You know, and guys have such strong ego. Well, it's amazing that, you know, Auntie Keisha, out of all these great, you know, men leaders, is the one to come out to say, one, we're not going to use force. And then those people that tase, that 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 couple, that black mm -hmm. couple, they gone. She's the one that made that. Like, yeah. hey, they fired. We're not yeah. even dealing with that. Immediately. People in their egos get in their way that they don't want to get up and do what's right. You know, I think that some quarterbacks' egos, you know, you know, might have got them, you know, messed up for next season. <laughs> but not I'm my so, boy Matt Ryan. I'm so tired of us accepting these half apologies. I'm sorry for what I said. No, you're not. You said what you said because you right. because you got but caught. Also, want to retract the statement to try to keep your 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 sponsors keep your footing keep your fans but also put out your real statements for the people that feel the same way you feel once you make a statement counter to that that is it you're done we're taking you you're canceled don't come back with an apology because we won't be here to read it so young clp what's the over under uh he not gonna make it through the whole season here's the thing let's have a real conversation people care about this until the football season starts if them negroes start zero and three they're going to be like, bring Drew Brees back into this game. And that's the reality of it. I, now, I do think, I will say this, I do think so his word. Well, my question to you is, do you think he can make it through a whole 16-game season without 
I don't know, somebody, person of color, breaking a leg. No. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think <laughs> I, I think I think sports goes beyond people's love for sports honestly be deeper than they love for race and I know that that sounds crazy but like I said Jameis Winston gets in the game and throws 15 interceptions the first two games they're gonna be begging for Drew Brees to come back and that's just the reality so wait a minute you already got him bitch who Drew Brees yeah they can't start, Drew. They can, can they really start Drew right now? <laughs> you, I'm, I'm, I'm bugging right now because you already got this boy on the bench. All, all I'm saying is my boy Matt That's Ice would never. Start. You feel me? Right there. I'm just – it's funny to me because I have people that are fans and they haven't said anything to call out their mans. They've been quiet. What I'm talking about, they were, repo- they were reposting every Black Lives Matter post. Same thing, kicking out. He said this, they went silent. I said this page just got dismantled. Forget me. What's the ask you? In our community, how do we address the looters and the rioters? I think so. That, for instance, I got a text message the other night that said, Yo, I can't believe they looting and rioting. But if you know somebody who got something, let me know. <laughs> Oh, God. I think, let me tell you why I'm, I'm mad. You want to know what I understand, and people will take this out of context. To a certain extent, looting and rioting was necessary because the protesting was getting nothing done. On the flip side of that, I'm upset that we put ourselves in the position to be the only ones consistently captured on video. Now, where I live, a lot of this rioting and looting happened. So um, downstairs, all I could hear was glass breaking, cops consistently. And I'm looking out the window. My dentist is gone, like completely gone. They're telling me they're not coming back, right? Um, Phil's Plaza tore up. Lennox, some damage done there. To me, there were some, and of course, I always have to bring this up, and people are like, oh, conspiracy theorists. There are videos, and there are notable... Ain't no conspiracy. Speak your facts. Well, resources Speak your facts. that will let you know that bricks were brought down there by white people. Were Amen. used by white people. The buildings were broken into by white Amen. people. And then black people were caught on camera. And then they're the ones looting and rioting. Now, this spin when they're reporting it is, oh, look at these studs and animal stealing. And then you see white people carrying all the stuff out of the stores, Gucci, Louie, all this stuff. And they're talking about, well, maybe they're helping. Maybe they work. Mm. So they were <laughs> carrying all this stuff to the car. Maybe they're they employees. Like, yeah, maybe they're employees trying to trying to save the store. Honey, he got a mask on, okay? And you can see nothing but his eyes, but you can see those lily white hands and ankles. So you know who it is. But I think that we did ourselves a disservice to continue to put ourselves in that light. Instead of sticking to the agenda, we wanted to be a part of everything. We wanted to show our outrage and our and our anger and then go still and break things. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, you're overshadowing the whole intent and point here. And they don't care who else was a part of it. If it, it could have been 
10,000 white people breaking into things, they would have caught the one black man that was with them or the one black woman that was with them. And then it becomes the agenda of black and white people doing it. It's no different than the, you're telling me, now here's the thing, it's going to sound corno, but you think a black man is going to light a bottle of Hennessy on fire to blow up a cop car? Niggas don't play with Hell fire, bro. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> so don't go around talking about they they using their Hennessy to blow up cop cars and their Niggas ain't even got gas stoves no more. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the cops letting their setting their own cars on fire, breaking into buildings with no protesters around, but yet what is it gonna be painted to the world? If you don't well, go down, you don't know what's going on. So I gotta give you kudos because I really think, you know, one of the most poignant things that you said is the riots and the looting was necessary along with the protesting. I don't think that, and let me just be clear, I'm not advocating looting and rioting. I do think that it made a difference though. I, I definitely think that it had an impact. And I also think that there's been, there's been not enough coverage of people that, of non-black people instigating and, and starting the, um, the riot and the looting. And I definitely seen a lot of Black people who were looting, but I've seen a lot of white people who was looting too, or at least very light, light-skinned black people. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It was. It's a lot to take in, especially people like no, it stuff is not. It is going on. You have people running out bricks to young filling the use. What is your intent here? What is your purpose? For being down here and then you see people peacefully protesting and still being charged still being separated still being- oh, getting a lot of feedback right now it doesn't seem like our audio is clear i don't know if anybody else is hearing that i did hear it i okay, can hear y'all just fine it was AP. okay when ap got them cheeks up and he busted so, so Terry, where do you, where, where have you found the best place to get your information and news from? You know, I go all over. I'm going to watch CNN, MSCV. I don't trust them. I want to know what story they're painting on that side. But then I was there and then I go to. Oh, your window. Your window's where you get your best information. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, myself. Be in them streets, boy. Here's the thing. Because of my side gig, I can't be, I, I don't need to post my content. Just know that I'm there. <laughs> readily available to do what I do but being down there I needed to see it for myself because I was tired of people making it one way and there are a lot of peaceful protesting going on and they're only telling you that people are being rambunctious and this is happening that is happening so you have to physically always put yourself in the space to get your own intel if at all available but um, resource resources on social media is always going to be my go-to because I feel like I get the live real thing from there and not a white reporter telling me what black people are doing because I don't trust you. And can I add this? I was going to say, can I add this? This is a time in life that's so amazing because I don't need the news. You know, I mean, I watch Fox and then MSNBC to see what they're talking about, how they spinning the story, but I don't need it because I know what the reality of it is. Niggas don't play with fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, so we we see white people, like, you see the videos of them, like, looting. White people taking lamps and stuff, but they blaming us for it. Now, we talk about celebrities. I do think this is a time for celebrities to step in and help the black businesses that were disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. they should put money in to build it. Back, now, that, that I is think the looting and riding helps. 
that is the downside to the looting and rioting because you're damaging black businesses and i know people are like well you just want them to damage white businesses uh um yeah i mean service your community to don't anytime you trample progress for justice it is an injustice and that is something that i will always say if you are going to 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 undo some progression that we've made then it's an injustice you're no longer fighting in the name of justice and i feel like looting black businesses what what are you doing you're you're continually stabbing yourself then you got to think about property values going up you got to think about property tax going up in those areas where it's going to continue to keep black people from being in those areas because of a result of this but i feel like like i said sometimes you have to take Take that little bitter with the sweet. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You yeah. know, you got to put salt in. When you're making cookies and cakes, you put salt in it, even though it tastes sweet, too. <laughs> oh, always. <laughs> love, Joy. You want to get a accomplishment? What, what, what the hell are you doing? I love to show them titties, boy. Damn. No, boy, hush. I ain't, no. I'm cold. That's all. I'm cold. And I had to get up and come charge my phone, so. That's all. But I have on a shirt. I, I do have on a shirt, so let's let's not like stop. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> love, love, Joy. What kind of conversations? How how do you feel like the protests are going on in the revolution that's going on right now? It's having an impact on relationships. Do you feel like um, you could? So let me just put it out you feel or have the same views you do? And, and with your therapist hat on, how would you um, help somebody deal with that particular situation? Um, I mean, look, there, there are fundamental differences in lots of couples, and they find a, a way to make it work. Um, and, and I think that, you know, this is, this is just one of them. I don't think couples that are strongly rooted um in their relationship i don't know that this will have a major um that this will will have a major impact honestly um because again it's it's just another component of something yeah it's major but couples you know you have some couples that are you know you got black and white couples you got one couple that goes to church one the other person doesn't go to church you got one that might be a um a christian the other one might be a buddhist you know so that is in a sense that's kind of rare itself for a couple to be together and be misaligned on something so serious um but then for those that are i think they respect each other enough to make it through different situations such as this one where they have a differing of opinions um i haven't had anybody I haven't had anybody call me um, saying that they needed a session or intervention or anything specifically as it relates to this. What are they calling you about nowadays? What do you do the most um, therapy sessions on? Um, so when we were in the thick of the pandemic there, I did a lot. Um, Wait a minute. We're so not in the thick of the pandemic any, anymore. Did I miss that uh, news flag? 
I think the pandemic is still going on, but like uh, 92 said, people were kind of like, fuck it, we're getting out of the house. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you feel like they got out of the house because they were so outraged or they just needed a reason to get the hell out of the house? I think we all needed a reason to get the hell out of the house and people were outraged. I think it's a combination of both. I think mm -hmm. we started coming out of the house in the midst, like the timing, everything just kind of aligned um, together. The states started opening back up, you know, different states started opening back up. Even different counties, you know, had different different rules. So it's like something could be closed here in Conyers, but then open in Decatur. So it was just, mm. it was just crazy. I think people were just ready to, to get out. And I also think that when people have been sitting down, <laughs> when people have been sitting down for so long and they finally do get to go out and the excitement of looting and rioting and protesting you mean we've been sitting down for two and a half months three months and now we get to run out of the house into this type of excitement it was kind of a big deal and may have maybe the reason why we see so many people doing some extra stuff because people were sitting down for so long so terry sean what are you what are you doing to help the revolution strategizing at the moment um i think that it's time that we had some go-to uh organizations and groups within the city that can tell you like resources for now like what how do you properly protest how do you come together what are the goals because there's one thing to protest but you should be protesting with a intent in mind you have to have a strategy to it and for it you have to have it planned out by day and, and by, by time frames on what it is that you're trying to get done. You have to have certain demands and all these things put in place or expectations of what you're protesting for, as well as educating people because we like to omit this part on who and why we're voting for individuals from your local all the way up to the presidency. If we keep overlooking that fact, we are going to continue to bump our heads against the ceiling because you cannot expect See, this is a bigger conversation, and this is one of the reasons why I didn't speak when I was talking about on the phone the other night about how I felt. I cannot change someone's actions. So I can never change, make a racist not a racist. Those are actions. You know your intent. You know what you're feeling. You know what, why you feel the way you feel, what you do, and your motives when you do it. What I can do is make sure there, or what we can do is make sure there are laws in place that hold you accountable for those actions. And until we have that bigger conversation, because everybody thinks that you're going to protest and you're going to say all these things and make racist people see their, their ways and change, that's not always going to be the case. There are some people that will encounter certain people and it will change their, their viewpoints, their heart. I think a lot of racist people ended up having mixed families. And then when they see that they have a love for these grandchildren, then it, that changed their ideas. But over the bigger picture- Grandbabies change things. Change things. They change things. But if we want to see a bigger change overall, the laws that we are quote unquote having has to be enforced. And those that laws that need to be changed needs to be changed. Those things are not going to start being a conversation until we have someone speaking for us. It's no different than when everybody got up in the uproar about, oh, black people aren't being recognized as actors and directors because we weren't, our stories aren't being told. There's no one to tell your story. So just like we can recognize there that there needs to be more actors, directors, and writers in the black community, there needs to be more black people in politics and overall. And we like to overlook the local voting and the local elections and go straight to this is my president. 
okay, but all the other people that make up that mountain need to be affected as well. And we have people that have been sitting there for years, 30 plus years, doing absolutely the same thing over and over again. That was strong as fuck. Lovejoy, what are you going to do? What you going to do, Lovejoy? Um, the only thing that I know to do is to continue, um, first of all, voting. So my daughter just turned 18 in November, so she's a first-time voter. Um, oh, shit. I got so one of those. Shout out to University. Mm-hmm. You said what? I got one of those. I said shout out Fisk University. I'm a Fisk University dad. You know what I'm saying? I call her the FU dad. That's what I am. <laughs> okay yeah so i you know um we looked you know looked up all the looked at the ballot looked at all the local people so that she could go in and be an informed voter um so we did that on tuesday that was that was great um i i all i can do is continue to teach continue to educate continue to um you know show love and help people to get an understanding um of 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 who we are um i come from a different you know being from detroit i didn't know a lot of other ethnicities growing up i i just didn't it wasn't until i became a sales director in mary Kay cosmetics um it wasn't until i moved to georgia and my kids were the neighborhood that we moved into um or you know, moving here to Roxdale County, it was predominantly white when we moved here. And so my friends have, my kids have friends um, of different races. Well, really, let me just say white. My kids have white friends. Um, I have white friends. So it's just like, this is like, this is, I don't know. This is, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to me because I have not necessarily had the experience that a lot of black people have had. Um, so it's just an interesting perspective, but I will say that that there has been, for me now, there's a heightened sense of, do you really not like me because I'm a black person? And I've never really thought about that before. Um, I can be honest in saying that, but I was riding my bike today and I had to ride my bike like on the street and everybody was getting over. You know, everybody was getting over, giving me room for the most part. And there was one particular truck (laughs) that did not move over. And it was like, he had the big mirrors. And I feel like, I'm like, did you try to hit me? Like, did you try to hit me? Or did you not move over on purpose because you saw a little brown girl on a bike? So it's like, that is heightened for me. And I, I don't, you know, I don't really like that feeling. I don't want to be paranoid you know i am all about love and people getting along and so it it bothers me to think that people dislike somebody because of the color of their skin and i know that it happens but it just it's painful uh i don't know you how you gonna follow that up young cod but what the hell are you gonna do um i'm i'm, I'm in a i'm in a conundrum right now right so I, I want to figure out the best way to really do something. My mom has expressed to me that she doesn't really want me out there as far as like in the quote unquote riots, just because, you know, situations can turn so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm more like on Terry's side of just trying to really figure out how can I use my voice to like beyond this hype that we got going on because we in the house and the playoffs not going on. 
So we focused on a lot of stuff that's going on. After this, how can we continue to push this? How can we continue to make things better? Because at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I ain't going to sugarcoat it. White folks ain't fucking with us. Like, <laughs> you know, you talk about LeBron James, they're not going to let that nigga own no team. They gave Michael Jordan the, the, the Charlotte Bobcats, the greatest player of all time. So for me, I think it's really a time for us to really step up and do different things. Like, let's really, you know, they, they consider Tupac the best rapper of all time. I know you like Biggie. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's really figure out how we're going to take these rappers and artists. For Puffy to have made so much great songs, he should be in a completely different situation than he's in. You know what I'm saying? Like, beyond this, it's no reason that... Yo, he's random... been very quiet. Your man Diddy. Unless y'all heard something I ain't heard, he's been very quiet. <laughs> Look, we we know Diddy. Diddy about that. He Diddy bopping. Okay, <laughs> he got a Diddy All bop through say, the pressure. Everybody that's quiet, that's silent right now, remain silent going forward. I don't want to hear nothing from you. You can't speak now. Forever hold that peace. I take you one further. If you ain't say nothing before the funeral, don't say nothing after the funeral at all. Ooh. But I think that's unfair because I think sometimes people don't know. People don't know what to say. People they really say that, Love Joy. I feel <laughs> people say, Yo, I don't know what to say. They say know that. what they know how to speak up on everything else. Our black community can speak up on everything else, but when it but counts, not everybody, but not everybody in the black community, just like not everybody in the white community. Sometimes people honestly don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. We can't afford to not know what to say or to say nothing. That's but not then, a person have right now. I just, I disagree because I might be doing something and it might be quiet. It might not, it might not impact hundreds or thousands, but it might impact one or two. And does that impact not matter because I didn't say something? Because I didn't use my mouth no. if to you, say something? If you are doing something to impact one or two, by all means, we applaud that. But if you normally can speak up to the thousands for something that does not matter, and you cannot speak up to the thousands when it matter, then remain silent. I don't care how you feel, how long it took you to process it. You can speak up on nonsense. Don't speak. If you can't speak up on truth, then stay quiet going forward. We like, to make that, we like to excuse behavior. Oh, they didn't know what to say, but you knew what to say over here. Oh, they didn't know how to process their emotion. You knew how to process it over here. But when the Black community needed your voice, you wanted their dollars, but you can't speak up for them. You needed their, their support to buy your things or to support you as an artist or in, as an actor or as an athlete, but you have absolutely nothing to say when it comes back to them. So to me, those two things cannot be ignored. You cannot speak up when it does not really matter or when you want to, and then be quiet when it really does count. That's not a luxury that we have in the Black community. I hear you. I disagree, but I hear you. Well, we can agree to disagree. I think dialogue is always productive. Um, but I, I, I like what Terry Sean is saying. Um, if you can speak up to make them money, you can speak up to you know, support the cause. And not speaking up is speaks volumes. Um, I'm gonna just say something because Drake quiet right now. All right, I'm I'm out. But we don't know <laughs> what he's doing. Hey, I'm gonna say this though. I'm gonna say this, this though. I knew you this, were coming. This is how I feel about the Drake thing. 
and this go back to what I was saying about uh, you know, Kendrick and Drake. They, no, if Drake come out and say something right now, niggas gonna go in, bro. They going in on my boy. I'm sorry, I had to. I had to say something. I was they going waiting. in on my boy. <laughs> but let him go in. But at least you don't say something. You stand at for least something. You said something. You stand for something to fall for anything. No, yeah, because you gonna be looking like Drew Brees, falling like a motherfucker if you don't say the right thing. <laughs> don't say what Drew your stupid ass. Don't say that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, see, that's, that's that's what missed I... on you that Colin Kaepernick took a knee and didn't get as far as the white man taking the knee? Look, hey, look, you 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 podding right now. Okay. Huh? Okay, you, you podding right now. You could have get some shit started. This how look, this how I feel about the whole knee. Hey, that Don't... white man's knee uh is still having rippling effects, Let me look, let me tell you something. That shit, that shit struck a chord in my spirit, right? I feel like I, I should have been able to jump through the phone and stop it. But I asked myself if I was there, would I be able to stop it? And that goes back to, you know, shout out to black women for understanding the situation. I think a lot of black women are stamp standing up now because, or they've always stood up, but they're, you know, risking their lives because they know as a black man, as soon as we raise our voice, nigga, you shot. It's done. Black women getting up like, nigga, please pull that gun on me, my nigga. I swear to God, I beat your ass. Uh, Other than hard nipples. Other than that. Don't say that. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't say that. You're going to have the people really thinking that I'm sitting here showing my titties and I'm not. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it all. I think that we have to be very careful in what we expect um other people to be doing or saying right now um i think that we all you know everybody we need to do something clearly we all need to do something i am excited about the movement that i see taking place with other races as well um i i, I don't know i think that i i don't know it's just really a a a a interesting time to to be alive in America um, right now and to see everything that's taking place. I mean, I think that we are making an impact. I think that this may be the first time, in my opinion, this may be the first time that we are starting to be heard. Now, I don't know what that looks like, how long it will last, and how... Um, you know, what kind of impact that will, that will have, but it makes me feel good to see other people, white people speaking up and joining in and starting to say, okay, I'm starting to get it now, but let me ask some questions. And I think a lot of times as black people, we get so defensive. Like, what do you mean you want to ask questions? What do you mean? What is it that you need to do? And it's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm trying to help because I honestly don't know. So I think sometimes we can be, we, we're so aggressive and we're so passionate that, you know, we, we kind of put people in a corner for wanting to speak up, wanting to be involved if they are not, if they're not very confident in how they should go about doing things. I think we need to be very careful with that. 
COD. Only thing, first off, your boy done grew up in the quarantine. I feel like his boy <laughs> two years from the last time I saw his ass, okay? <laughs> Secondly, the only thing I, I've, I've learned is that the revolution will be televised and, you know, it is what it is. Well, um, I learned that um, it's good to have conversation and I hope that you know, the All Over It podcast can spark conversation. It can also open up some eyes, maybe something that someone said can spark something inside of you. Um, you know, during this whole revolution period, I've had a lot of mixed feelings and mixed emotions. And I have not gone out to protest at all. And the reason why I have not gone out is I'm still petrified by COVID-19. I have a lot of loved ones in my family that I'm around on a regular basis that I cannot be the one to give them that shit. And, you know, from cancer to um, other ailments, put them at high risk. And I just can't be the one to take them out. But I still feel like I can't sit on the sidelines. So, you know, I've contributed to some organizations. Um, one of them is Color of Change. And I challenge everybody to go out and do your own research, do your own homework. But when I did mine, that was an organization that I felt like I could get behind. And one of the first things that I did was sign online petitions and I encourage other people to do so. I also donated some money, $40, to the get out of jail fund for the homies that, you know, who protested, who needed some bail money. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Um, and before I pass it on, to the uh, ultimate closer in the Terry Sean, I just want to say, do something. Because this is not a time for, for us to be on the sidelines. And when I say us, I mean mankind. Do something. Mm -hmm. uh, anything you want to contribute, uh, nine-year-old? You're good? <laughs> how, how has the protest affected you, young man? Not much, other than some of the stores closing late. Some of the stores closing late, that's all you're getting out of this? Yeah. Black <laughs> privilege. You, sh you should be proud. Terry Sean, <laughs> take us home. Um, I would like to say that, again, as people are asking for help, I'm not saying not to, remember that this is not an event for Black people. This is a part of lives that they have lived. They have been passed down. This is a part of our legacy that, that we have to overcome continuously, that this is part of a deeper conversation for us um that you are asking us to give when we don't have much left to give not that we don't want to give to these communities and tell them what needs to be done but the bigger picture here is that we cannot control other people's actions we can only continue to hold our community accountable and move accordingly that we need to be strategic we need to strategize we need to have people that we go to consistently um, not just when something like this arrives, so that we are already together and organized to be able to effectively inflict this change that we're trying to see. And I think we've used all our words and we've moved on to action at this point. We're no longer sitting back waiting for somebody to do what we've gone for. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of this community and the next generation for standing up. I know a lot of times we like to discount them, but they are majority of the people that are protesting. They are the majority of the people that are getting the voices heard and 
they are the ones that are making it relevant. And to remember that it's not that you don't have a truth, your truth just may not be relevant at this moment. That's all. So Terry Shaw, I just wanna make sure that in this platform, you can speak your truth. Is mm -hmm. there anything that you did not say during the side gig that you would like to say now or can say now? Um, it was it's similar, just that I'm tired of that we're asked to guide other people's awareness. Like I said, people keep saying, what can we do? It's not a conversation, it's an action. And the fact that you are aware of what's going on, you know what needs to be done to undo that those actions. And we are continuing as a black community, not only responsible for our actions, we have to guide their awareness. Oh, I wasn't aware of that, or I didn't know that. We have to keep continuing to educate them, tell them right from wrong, but then also build up our community at the same time as they tear it down. So that was just one of the things that I wanted them to, to understand that they were exploited. I felt like we were being exploited at that moment. It wasn't helpful for us. It was using us to, in a moment to make them feel better because the, a lot of the conversation was about other things. It was not, let's just say out of, let's say I put a thousand people on this call. Out of the thousands of people, three black people may have spoke. That says a lot to me. It because, does. And you know, I know this is, we're wrapping up, but I, I was on a similar phone call, surprise, surprise, uh, <laughs> at said side gig. And I really felt like, I didn't wanna, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to be honest with you. I really mm -hmm. respect and value how the side gig tried. And right. I feel like they succeeded to a certain extent, but I really feel like with an issue like this, business should be business and business should be business exactly and, you know i don't really think that you know you really want me viewing bringing this up at at work um either in-house with my fellow employees or out in the streets with my customers i really think you want me to keep it business because exactly. when you know when we go down this road that you're kind of opening up you don't, I don't really think that you've seen down the road to see where it can lead to. Where you, you know, and I'll give you an example, you know, in my job capacity, I work in the street, so to speak. And one of, during our conversation, one of my colleagues mentioned how it's, a di it's different when, you know, people come to your house and you go to their house. People come to your house, they get to see who you are. Just like when you go to their house and you see flags on bumper stickers or on windows, or mm -hmm. you don't see any of you when you're in the room with C-level or higher leadership, how that impacts the conversation when you are a man of color and they have none. This, this impacts the business. And so I don't think that, at least in this climate, this is the right environment for us to be open doors and open dialogue because I don't think you really are ready, ready for what that conversation is going to be like, and more importantly, how it's going to affect your bottom line. Exactly. That's exactly the conversation. Um, like I said, I ended up having it with my side side at Sid Side Gig uh, um, community, and that was one of the reasons. They were like, we really expected you of all people to speak up. I was like, I have my reasons, because this is a fluff conversation. And you don't realize how much exploitation is going on in this conversation because then it came down to everybody trying to tell their lineage i'm this and i'm mixed with this and this and there's someone black far down the 
well, guess what? I'm black. So while you're trying to paint yourself in this picture, this is my picture. And while you keep trying to make yourself feel comfortable with it, this is not a conversation we're having for the moment. This is a conversation we've been having through our entire lives. And just so happened that I was raised to know that oppression is not my birthright. And where you are trying to figure out what's going on today and how you guys are feeling, this time for you will pass. This is a conversation that will continue for us. And so you could tell that from the lack thereof of black people speaking up that you knew how the conversation went. And I know some people that are mixed and some people that are, that are biracial and they're just like, Oh, it's interesting to hear everybody's opinion. It is because you have the, you have the, the ability to hear these, these perspectives instead of living them and that therein lies the difference. You are hearing someone's opinion. I know these, I live these events. I, I know what this is like. You're just trying to get some kind of information to gather what it's like being this way. And so for me, it was better to be quiet because everyone knows that's one thing I don't bite my tongue. She was like, don't be silent. I'm never silent. I censored myself. You can't censor me. I chose not to make the conversation go left or right. So I just got quiet because I knew that that was a deeper conversation that they were not ready for at said side gig. Well, for Aunt Larry Jr. Funny. I uh, have a question. Dr. Tiffany Lovejoy. Lovejoy has a question. Uh, young COD. We're That's all okay. over. What, what question do you have, Lovejoy? That's okay. Because it's... It, it would make us continue talking. It's okay. Now go ahead. Let's continue talking. Go ahead. This Girl, is you a minute for 27 business. minutes. We could keep going. Lord have mercy. I just, I feel like, you know, again, you guys are coming from a corporate standpoint. I come from a teacher perspective. Um, so I just, I, I feel like what you just said contradicts what this is all about and again i say that not having been at the table not having been on that call not having to have worked in a um situation i guess per se where when i go and sit at the table there are not a people lot not a lot of people around the table that look like me now i'm mm -hmm. not saying that i've always worked in a situation huh what's the contradicting moment why not speak up? Why why not why not speak up? If they're if they're asking questions and looking for guidance and you can give that they were not you can asking give the insight. They huh? weren't asking questions and they weren't looking for guidance. They were filling a slot to say it was done. So I work for a corporation that knows laws by the book. They know what needs to be done to to check off a list to make sure that there's no lawsuits or no certain things don't come up so that people do not try to take off work. They're very thorough and they know exactly what they're doing. So you don't feel like it was sincere. You, you don't feel like it was sincere. This is a conversation to make sure that they check the box to say, we cannot publicly say we're behind them, but let each, each individual, um, each individual division go and have these conversations. And so that way we can say the conversation was had. So you don't feel like it was sincere? I know it wasn't. Okay. How do you, and, and I guess that's where I disagree because I feel like, how do you know? Like, just because, I think people are stepping into a new role. Businesses are stepping into a new role that they have not stepped into before. That they, they have to blatantly step into this role even if they've never stepped into it before. 
um, you know, a lot of, you know, getting onto Amazon today, it said something about standing behind the black community. I got a text message or something from Uber today talking about standing behind the black community. Reebok posted something about standing behind the black community. So I think whereas businesses in general may have never had to have this conversation before in a genuine light, I think that some of them now may be saying, hey, we do need to speak up and we don't want it to be fluff. We don't want it to be smoke and mirrors. We do want it to be sincere. We want it to be genuine, but we might not know how to go about doing it. So let's do this and see how it goes. Let's see if people will speak up. Let's see if people will give us ideas. Let's see if people will help us to advocate for some of these changes that we may not necessarily know what to do because we are usually about our bottom line. And because they are a business, they will continue to be about their bottom line, but maybe they are seeing now that they do need to um, balance that with some empathic understanding about the communities that um, pour revenue into their businesses. So I, I don't know. I guess that's why I just feel like, you know, I've seen people say something about protests and uh, the number of white people that are showing up to protest. And I've seen people say, Mm, question mark this looks kind of fishy to me it's just like why does there always have to be a hidden agenda why can't it be a genuine gesture and we at least go with it for what it is for the moment until it proves to be otherwise mm, okay just food for thought I think it's necessary for white people to protest. So that those two things to me don't continue, don't go hand in hand. For a fact, I know this conversation was. Kathy Sean, we so I, need yeah. to see your face when you are talking. No, we need to see your for face. For a fact, I know this conversation was for Cliff. For a fact, I know that white people should have been out there protesting. I think they're the reason why it did not go as violent as it I could know. have been. But go ahead, Young Cod. Hey, the revolution will be televised. That's all I can say. <laughs> Kevin Sean, what, what are you over? I'm over us, again, not having a political community that we can go to for facts and to know who is for our community. I am over all of our, most, not, not all, let me retract that. I'm over most of our politicians being bought instead of being for the people. And I'm over us being so ignorant to the ideology of what is going on. It's kind of like we get contact clues and then when something happens, we try to forget them and say, let's give it a better chance over here. So I think we should use all of the things that we know going forward and make a change for our community. That's the only way we are going to see change. Well, next week, I want to talk about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. And on that note, for... Uh, you put that at the end. I would. You talk Dr. about Drew Brees versus Michael Vick. Man on deck. Larry Jr. is funny. We all over it. Come back next week. That's yeah. a little tease. That was little a little tease. tease. No. Turn nipples. Little tease. <laughs> Drew Brees versus Michael Big Boy. Crank man on me.